So I could gut those out um, and and do not too bad. I, I don't want to get anybody in, under the impression that I'm a fast runner. Uh, I'm a, I, I am a, a slow runner, but obstinate. Diz Runs Radio, episode 629, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, just want to uh, let you know, maybe or, or maybe remind you, maybe you've heard of, you maybe maybe you've heard me talk about this before. It's possible, uh, but one of the things that I do uh, a few times a week, three times a week to be precise, is uh, send out a little email to folks who have opted in in various ways over the years, and uh, basically, you know, the, the emails. Uh, tend to kind of serve as my blog posts. Uh, I don't do much for blog posts anymore other than writing show notes. Um, but uh, I like to think that the, that the emails I send are actually worth taking the time to read. I, I hope they are. Seems like most people tend to enjoy them. Um, and so, you know, if you, if you haven't gotten on the, the list, yes, I know it's an email list. Yes, I know uh, the last thing any of us really needs to do is get on another email list. But this isn't just your typical kind of list where it's like, hey, buy this, buy this, Here, here's this, hey, I posted a podcast today. Like, it's not like that, really. Every once in a while, I'll put a little, uh, you know, I'll do a sales email, or every once in a while, you know, in the PS, usually I'll talk about podcasts that have gone out. But my my goal with every email, uh, or at least 98% of the emails that I send, like I said, every once in a while, there's a, there's a specific sales email. But for the most part, every other email, the goal is to be helpful, to be useful, to teach you a little bit or give you a little bit of insight or, or you know, share something from my life and then tie a lesson into that that might help you as a runner as well. Uh, that's that's the goal. Admittedly, swing and a miss once in a while. Uh, sometimes maybe the, the lesson doesn't land with you, but it might land with somebody else, you know? So, so you know, talking to a lot of folks and and always trying to be helpful, always trying to serve. So if, if you haven't been getting the emails and you signed up a while ago, check your, check your spam folder, especially if you use Gmail. Sometimes those things get filtered out. But if you, uh, you know, don't get the emails and you'd like to, to have a little more of me in your life on a regular basis, um, there's a whole host of ways you can, you can get on the list, but probably the best one is to go right to the homepage, disruns.com or just go, or you can also point your browser to disruns.com slash giveaway. And, and both of those instances, you get entered into a, a, a chance to win a free custom training plan that I give away each and every month. So, you know, and, and you stay entered. And, and once you're entered, you're also part of the email list and, and yada, yada, yada. So uh, if that, you know, if you don't want to, hey, obviously no no pressure. You can also always unsubscribe at any point. So if you get sick of me invading your inbox, which I try, to, like I said, I try to make the emails useful so they don't feel like I'm imposing. But if you if you start to feel that way, you can opt out. No, no you know, no worries. I'm not going to, not going to chase you down or, or beg you to come back. Uh, it's all, it's all up to you. But, uh, if you want to get some, some blog posts, if you will, for me, check out the, the, the email list. And again, there is a bunch of ways you can do it, but disruns.com right there on the homepage, click the button, enter the giveaway, and, uh, you might win. And you also are going to win because you're going to get my emails on a regular basis. But anyway, enough of that. Let's go ahead and, and dive into the real reason you're here. And that is today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, today's guest is someone who has uh, been a lot of places and uh, run a lot of races. 
In the early aughts, he uh, set a big goal for himself to run a marathon in each of the Canadian provinces, each of the Canadian territories, and also in every state here in the U.S. And just uh, a few years ago, he uh, achieved that goal of knocking out, I don't know what the total number, I didn't, I didn't do that math, 60-something uh, marathons, close to 70 marathons in a handful of years all over North America. And uh, as you probably know, guys that, that are listening, if you've been listening for a while, you know that, that traveling and running and, and running the 50 states is a big goal of mine as well. So obviously having a guest on who's been there, done that, and uh, knows a few things about uh, about the traveling and racing scene is something that's uh, exciting for me. And, and hopefully I can learn a few things and maybe you can learn a few things as well. So with that, I'm definitely excited to be able to, w- able to welcome Mr. Derek Butang to the show today. Uh, thanks for joining us, Derek. Really appreciate it and uh, certainly looking forward to it. Thank you very much. I, I look forward to it as well. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and guys, Derek is uh, one of those folks who kind of keeps himself private on social media, so we don't have any, anything to really plug as far as websites or social media or things like that. But we will have show notes, and there's a couple of photos and things like that, and uh, we'll have those as always as we always do. And the link for today is disruns.com slash 629 if you want to check out uh, kind of the, the, the summary of what we talk about today and some photos of, of that Derek sent over as well. You can find them there, disruns.com slash 629. So, uh, Derek, the way we always start off each episode of the show is with uh, the, the same very simple question that uh, for some folks it's a pretty easy one to answer, and for some it's, it's a little bit more of a head-scratcher, but uh, it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? So I, th- I think, I, I mean, I have to say with having completed the 50 States Marathon, I ran a marathon uh, last weekend as well, so I, I'd have to say it's, it's the full marathon. Uh, the, the why is more complicated, I think, uh, and so I, I maybe start that with a story. I, and the why I think is is first of all because it's hard, and I'm not the kind of person that likes to do hard things. Um, and it's it's very much wrapped up in how I got into the 50 states uh, as well. But uh, you know that the you can you can sort of gut out a half uh, if you've been running for any kind of a, a time. Uh, a 10k is for new runners is a, uh, a sort of a, a very you know a big distance and, and monumental. But again, if you've done you know two or three miles, two or three times a week, then a 10k is not all that that much. But the marathon is uh, a bit of a beast, and so it's not something you can just toss off casually. Although after a while, even that, uh, you, you start to, to, to not pay it as much uh, respect as it needs to, uh, which usually comes back to bite you. But uh, no, so I, I, I end up running a marathon. Um, I just, uh, so I don't know if you say dates and stuff on your on your show, but, but we're recording this in, in September of 2018. Uh, and so I'm, I am at this point at 77 marathons completed uh, total. Uh, the number of the 50 states, 10 provinces, three territories in D.C. is is actually 64. Okay. So I've done that fairly efficiently. Uh, I haven't done a lot of repeat races. But uh, ended up doing the marathon because, uh, you know, it's 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 hard enough to be serious. Um, I'm the kind of person that I, I, I really quite like myself a lot better if I'm running than when I'm not. And running far uh, gives you an opportunity to put in a lot of running. And so it was just a, a way of making sure that I stayed uh, a little bit fit, a little bit healthy, uh, more to bleed off stress than I think anything else. Um, and so uh, that's how I ended up at, at the marathon. Actually, a story of how I ended up at the marathon, I, I tell this a lot when people ask me why the marathon. Um, I, I run... Uh, 
with a local running club here in uh, in Winnipeg, where I where I live. I live in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Uh, and uh, going back, you, you said the mid the early aughts. Uh, I, well, for me, I did my first half marathon in two thousand and one, um, and to train for that first half marathon, I, I fell in with a really good group of people at this running club. And uh, so we finished that in 2001 and almost immediately decided as we kept running after that, the next year we either have to run this marathon, you know, this half, we have to run that faster or we've got to run it farther. (laughs) And for me, about two weeks of running faster determined that I was destined to go farther. (laughs) So, So I ended up doing my first full marathon in June of 2002 and uh, immediately registered for my second uh, full marathon the afternoon of completing the first. Wow, wow. Um, that's that's something that I can't relate to because I was definitely in the, after I finished my first marathon, uh, you know, I will never, I will never do this again. Camp for uh, for a while before I, I came around, and of course, uh, you know, the rest is history. And uh, not not quite seventy something marathons later just yet, but we'll we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. I think mm-hmm. I'm, I'm somewhere in the in the teens at this point. Um, but uh, you know, so so you ran the first half in, in 2001. What was what was was that kind of your your entry into running, or had running been part of your life before that, and you get, came back to it at that point, or, or how did you get started to, to sign up for that first race or that first half marathon in two thousand and one? Well, it's, it's interesting how you talked about uh, you know sort of I, I'm not at that at that point yet. <laughs> I, I have to honestly say that that uh, peer pressure, and maybe not peer pressure because I'm 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 not the kind of guy I think that lets myself be pressured, but I am a a borderline introvert extrovert and so I find uh, that uh, I, I, I get a lot of energy out of running but but running with a group in particular is uh, is important so it, it seems friends and acquaintances have been a, a big part of how I ended up involved in this journey so going back really to those very early days uh, I'll, I'll tell the full story of how I got running in the first place I had always thought of myself as a runner um, even going back to high school, um, you know, I was never, I was always a, a smallish kind of a kid, but I always had this sort of, um, obstinance and stubbornness about me. And so while all the, the, the big sporty fast kids were doing the hundred meters and, and whatnot, um, I certainly couldn't compete with them, but, but nobody in high school wanted to run 1500 meters of 3000. So I could gut those out um, and and do not too bad. I, I don't want to get anybody in, under the impression that I'm a fast runner. Uh, I'm a, I, I am a, a slow runner, but obstinate. So I can I have this ability to sort of keep going at least up until the marathon distance. So you know I fancied myself a runner, and then of course you get out of high school and you get into university and life starts to happen. And I got married at a fairly early age and, and whatnot. And spent 10 years where I really never got off the couch. Uh, uh, you know, put on like 40 or 50 pounds and, and got into working crazy hours and whatnot. So then um, there's a group of friends that I, I met in and have still stayed fairly close with in high school. So we go car camping one, uh, one weekend in our early 30s. And, you know, car camping with a group of friends, I mean, we're, it's not far. We drive about two hours out of the city, throw a bunch of tents around a campground, and just go to have a, a good time and to hang out. 
so we get there Friday evening and as we're all setting up you know we've got some small families and whatnot but we're all fairly youngish people and so the campfire starts to going and you know we start to have a few beverages and it starts to get a little bit louder and louder and louder and around 10:30, one of uh, my my good friends stands up and she gives a big stretch and she says well that's it boys I'm going to bed and so we're like, come on, it's early. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? It's pretty, like, we're just the party is just getting started. And she says, no, tomorrow is my thirtieth birthday, and I am uh, gonna get up early and I'm gonna enjoy the sun, and I'm gonna go for a run tomorrow morning. And so, like again, the the guys are like, we were on her like white on rice, <laughs> right? Like, come on, you know, stay up a little bit longer. No, no. she's no, I'm going to bed. I'm I'm gonna enjoy my run. I'm, that's what I'm gonna do. So. You know, the the boys decided, well, we might as well go with her. Mm. <laughs> and so... Um, <laughs> but did, but did the boys go to bed at, at that same time? No, well, <laughs> they're stupid. Uh, and, and so we got up, but but to our credit, we did get up and we went, we went with her. And like 34 minutes into that, um, into that morning run, I was lying on the beach at Hecla Island dying, just mm. hoping for a leg transplant and a double lungectomy and whatnot because I was just completely wrecked and uh, so the joke ended up being on me because it turns out that this group had been running sort of three times a week three to five miles a a time all the time and I was the first newbie that they had had met for uh, for a long time so I I started to run after that with them because I realized at that point that I was like definitely too too much out of shape and and needed to do something about my own uh sort of health and well-being so anyway so that's how i got sort of running uh in into regular running uh that with that early group uh me and a couple of a couple of friends we got running uh monday wednesday and friday mornings we would do three miles before work and uh that first summer of running was just agony right. <laughs> for me. Uh, everything would hurt uh, at the end of those runs and, and the day after and whatnot. But, you know, you got into it, and, and that started to be not too bad. And then, again, the friends are loudmouths, so <laughs> they started to they started to talk as we got into the fall about uh, we need to – we need to do more or, or better or whatnot. And so uh, they said, you know, oh, let's go, we'll run the half marathon. So uh, they started to yak about running the half marathon and I, I knew that if I was gonna go from three miles to 13 that I needed some help. <laughs> so that's where I joined a local running club here that offered uh, uh, a running store uh, and, and a running club. Um, I don't know if I, if I can put in a yeah. pitch for them, but uh, absolutely. But it's, uh, it's a it's a store well known here in Canada, the Running Room, and they do uh, uh, a weekly group runs every Wednesday night at uh, leaving at six and sa- uh, Sunday mornings uh, leaving at eight thirty, and they also run clinics and whatnot. So I registered in that would have been in like November two thousand November two thousand I guess for the half marathon clinic to train up for the uh, the Manitoba Marathon, which would have been in June 2001. Uh, so I think that clinic, I registered in November, but the clinic actually got underway in like late February or something. And so I started to train with them, and that's where I fell into this group of people that, I, that, that talked about running faster or running further. 
um, and actually it's a really good group of people, uh, people that have become very good friends of mine uh, that actually just, so that was in 2001, we just did 13 miles together on Saturday, uh, no sorry, Sunday, this last Sunday, so have been running with those guys now for 18 years and uh, uh, trained with them for the half and then fell into the full and, and take it from there. And Yeah, and then the rest is history. And I think, I think most of us, at least that are, are fortunate enough to have uh, a good, vibrant running community and, and have been able to, to form those friendships over miles and miles and miles of, of running together uh, can, can probably relate to a lot of that, uh, you know, the, just the, the camaraderie that you get, the, how, how, you know, you, you kind of look forward to, to it almost sounds crazy to say it, but you look, look forward to that alarm going off at four o'clock in the morning on the weekend so you can get up and go run with your, your, your friends and, and have that cup of coffee afterwards and then, you know, get on with, with your day and family and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I think, I think a lot of folks can, can relate to that. So you, you, you got started through peer pressure, which is, uh, you know, every, you know, peer pressure is no fun until, until you give in and then it can, it can be a lot of fun, especially in something like this um, and, and stick with it. You run your first marathon, you go back and, and sign up for the second marathon that afternoon. You, you enjoyed it so much. What, what did you enjoy? Like, like I kind of teased earlier, you know, my first marathon, granted, looking back hindsight, I was woefully unprepared. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And it was, it, you know, the last 10 miles was, was misery. Um, but clearly that wasn't quite the case for you. You had a good community around. You had some good support. You enjoyed it. What did you enjoy so much about that first marathon to make you go, hey, I'm going to do this again. And I'm going to sign up for the next one right now. Well, so again, I, I got to go back to the, it, not the peer pressure piece so much as the as the peers I think is is maybe the way I would put it because I talked about the the signing up for the first one after you know the afternoon of the the second one or, or signing up for the second one in the afternoon of the first one which is actually in fact a true story um, but but what I don't talk about was the the training for the first marathon because because honestly the, the running is, is agony uh, in some cases. On the marathon, you just, you know, um, I, I just did a marathon last weekend in, uh, in Queen City, uh, the Queen City Marathon in Regina, and the last six miles sucked. Um, and it was hurt, and I, I hobbled around for two days after and, and whatnot. But the camaraderie is, I think, the, the, the key for that. So as I was training for that very first marathon, I went back to the running room. And I, uh, I enrolled in their marathon clinic, and so I ran and trained with a group to to lead up to that first marathon. And one of the one of the things about the group, and that's neat about the running room, is you run with people of all different paces all the time. Mm-hmm. So you divide up into your pace groups for runs and and whatnot. So you don't you don't actually necessarily run with the same people all the time, but you, you know you you see the same people and you encounter them and whatnot. And actually, one of the one of the people that I met at or, or re-met at that first clinic actually was Jen Walton, uh, who, who you and I had talked about earlier, and, and sort of who dragged, who who uh, was you can responsible. Say she, for, she, yeah, she, it's her she, fault she, that we're talking today. <laughs> yeah, well, and 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 she's a great person for sure. We had known each other in like junior high already, and so uh, this is you know 15 years later. So she went to a different school, I went to a different school, and we sort of. Had, had drifted away from each other and we came back at that very first clinic and um, and sort of renewed acquaintances and whatnot and she was running with a group of people who at, at that time were a little bit slower than I was but that was okay they were really cool people to hang out with and I was running a little bit faster 
which is completely ironic because their roles are completely reversed now. She just qualified for Boston and uh, and is is like crazy fast and crazy dedicated right now. And I'm I'm kind of on the slower side. Um, but going back to those days, what would we would do is is we would go out for our, our separate long runs, and I would run fast um, and typically a little further than they were they were willing to do. And they would run a, a little slower and whatnot, but we'd all get together for breakfast afterwards, and uh, and uh, bring my wife, who was a non-runner and still is a non-runner, thinks I'm absolutely insane for doing this this kind of stuff. Um, and uh, a couple of husbands would come in and, and join us and whatnot, and then with that group there was a marriage in in along in those days so the the husband who, who started out as just you know the, the the date and whatnot he joined us and so that group we got together got to, to know each other really really well and so as we were leading up to the marathon we had all trained together but decided that uh, we weren't going to run together because we were running at different paces but we said we need to do something to cap the training and to celebrate the fact that we're all going to complete so we actually uh, continue on with the tradition of finishing a long run and then going for breakfast. We actually finished the long run and the marathon and then went for lunch together. And as we were sitting around at that lunch, it was like, okay, well, we're like super fit now. What are we going to do to make sure we don't lose all of this fitness over the summertime? And someone said, well, I understand that Regina has a, uh, a really cool marathon and, and that's like a six-hour drive. And we were like, road trip. <laughs> and so... Uh, we ended up, uh, uh, I went home, registered that afternoon because, you know, we were going to be committed to this. And we ended up driving a 15-passenger van uh, six hours from Winnipeg to Regina to run the Queen City Marathon in September 2002 um, with, the, with uh, that particular group. So that was the first voyage to the, you know, go out of Winnipeg or, or leave my hometown to go to a marathon. And that trip was absolutely just a blast. So, um, so that's how I get on to the, the second one. And so we had we had a great time. Uh, just you know, drive. I mean, riding six hours in a bus. We did we did things like we had everybody uh, to to pass the time because it, in then those days we're we're not really pre-internet, but we're certainly less internet in in those days. Uh, to pass the time, the the deal was everybody needed to put one hour of music on uh, and make a mixed CD uh, at that time. To pass mixed tapes, but you needed to make a mixed CD. So you know everybody has different musical styles and whatnot. And so we laughed and 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 joked about musical tastes and we played games like you know would you rather uh eat a pound of cheese or or pick the whatever thing you know and we're like all people in our early 30s so <laughs> <laughs> all pre-kids at that day so anyway so you know like again just had a complete blast um and and it's actually it's that trip where we had such a good time that leads us to the to, or me anyway to the third marathon uh, which was, uh, as we're driving home from that trip, it was like, okay, well, you know, we did Regina as a capstone of the first marathon. What are we going to do for marathon number three? And uh, so that was uh, Vegas was mm -hmm. marathon, marathon three. And um, as I got, so actually at, at Vegas at marathon three, that group sort of splintered just because of cost and expense. Right. And for us, like the Vegas marathon at that time was in February. Uh, which meant for us training over our Winnipeg winter, mm -hmm. and and that took the wind 
you know, a 20 mile run at minus 30 degrees Celsius is uh, is the best to take the, the, the wind out of anybody's sails. So our, our group splintered. There was only myself and one other person from that group that ended up going to Vegas. But when I was in Vegas, I heard about and, and went to the big expo and sort of the first really, really big race that, we had, that I had been to. Um, and I, I discovered this thing called the 50 States Marathon Club. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, that's an intriguing idea. But at that time, and, and still to this day, you need to have 10 marathons, 10 states right. completed before you're able to join the club. So uh, that was like, a, oh, well, that's an interesting kind of a, a notion. My wife is like, you are not doing that. <laughs> Forget. <laughs> Put that idea out of your head. So we went to Vegas and, and had another really good, t- good time and a good trip and, and whatnot. And then just sort of came home from there. Um, but it sounds like you, the, the seed was planted at that point. Well, I, th- I think it was because it, at that time in my life, um, uh, I, I mean, I was, was still fairly early. Uh, at that time, was working at a, um, um, like working like crazy amounts of hours, uh, you know, trying to, you know, pay down the mortgage. And, and I, I was, uh, had just completed at that time, uh, I'm a chartered professional accountant by training. So I just finished my CPA training, and so was was working crazy hours, doing some consulting on the side, working crazy hours, doing the CPA thing and, and whatnot. So I'd gone three or four or five years without really taking a meaningful vacation. So uh, the four or five days, I think, that we spent in Vegas was sort of the first time that uh, my wife and I, after, you know, like th- at that point, we would have been, jeez, uh, I better get this right, 11... <laughs> uh, 11 years of marriage we had maybe been on two trips together uh, in terms of actual meaningful vacations so we fell into this idea at that point of uh well maybe you know we could we could do a little bit of traveling and maybe you know we could just group those around a race and uh you know i could run because i like to run and paula could travel because she liked to travel and uh, we could see what would happen from there and so that led us to the fourth uh, marathon um, after after Vegas. Actually, I did a, I did a few more from that, but that was sort of where we planted this idea of uh, let's go. And, and for me, it was initially go into the the, uh, the U.S. states in the deep south because you get away from our you know for a winter right. vacation, so right. a little bit of a reward for for training through the winter time, and then travel on to a. Uh, uh, you know, to a, a bit of a southern vacation to uh, to get away from the, the, the cold here. Yeah, that's that's. Um, and I live in Florida, so I, I'm a, I'm the complete opposite of that of that spectrum of, um, you know, if I can travel to some of the northern states to to run some of these sure. races in the in the early fall, it's that that nice reward for suffering through the the summer the heat, heat and humidity yeah. of of training here. Um, but uh, you mentioned that you know a, a big part of the the allure maybe i'm putting a little bit of words in your mouth but but part of part of the the, the process was it, it's a great opportunity to travel with your wife like like you said it's, it's mm-hmm. vacations it's it's you can you can travel a bit uh and my wife and i kind of have a, a, not kind of we, we have a similar similar deal although it hasn't completely worked out 
in, in part just because of, of life and, and schedules and childcare and things like that. So uh, the, the goal has always been that she'll come with me to, to all the states to run, to, mm. you know, to, to whether she runs a half or, or whatnot or just comes to travel. Um, and so far we're at about half and half where we've done half of them together and, and half of them I've, nice. I've gone solo. Uh, was your wife able to travel with you to, to all of the, the provinces, territories and states or did you have to do some of them solo as well? No, I did. I did many of them solo. Um, we so uh, I'm a fairly busy person. My wife is also a fairly busy person, um, and uh, so the way that we would organize that was uh, as I would start planning the next season, like typically in December or early January, uh, we would decide. Uh, well, to be clear, she would decide <laughs> which which races she was going to come to. And, um, and then we would turn those into vacations and then I would, uh, sort of fill out the rest. Mm-hmm. So sort of two, two parameters on that. I guess the first is that, um, uh, Paula had, had traveled quite extensively as a child. So she, um, and her family were, uh, were avid travelers, um, did a lot of long road trips and stuff over summer vacations and things like that. So she had actually been to most of the 50 states already. And I think, I, I think, um, the only state that she hasn't actually been to already is Utah. And so that's on our list of places to go back to, mm-hmm. um, but so so she would decide sort of where she wanted to go back to and, and whatnot. So we'd organize around those, and then I, I at some point as I was realizing, uh, you know, sort of that oh I could maybe complete the fifty states. Um, I am a fairly driven person, and so I had sort of said, gee, would it be a neat goal if I could complete the fifty states, say by the time I was forty five. So that put a, a limit on that, and then sort of drove me to re- to need to do numbers of uh, numbers of races per year. So what Paula would do is, and I would do is, we would sort of plan our vacations, and then I would I would fill in the schedule with missing states around that uh, to try and get four, five, or six done a year. Right. And uh, yeah, and that's how I ended up uh, going around. Gotcha, gotcha. Did you? Uh ever do any uh of the you know kind of the back-to-back type of things i know i know that's kind of a popular for some of the marathon mm-hmm. maniacs and the 50 states things where you do a, a saturday sunday in two different states did, did you do anything uh anything yeah, like I, that i did not um not at least not that not that crazy i did the closest that i've ever done was uh i think six days apart mm-hmm. um and and that was partly uh, just a, a really a financial decision um because in living in Winnipeg, so Winnipeg is is dead middle of the continent, but north, just mm-hmm. across the Canadian-U.S. border. Um, so there are only five races out of all of the 77 uh, that I could actually – well, sorry, that's not true because I did five in here in Winnipeg. But, <laughs> but there are only five – like I, I think I only drove to four U.S. states mm-hmm. um, because it's just the distances are too far. So – I did um, I did Falmouth, uh, Massachusetts, up on Cape Cod on a Sunday, and then Manchester City, New Hampshire, the following Saturday. And we did that as a, a trip to New England. So, uh, you know, fly out the, the Friday night, uh, uh, run the Sunday right. in Massachusetts, tra- travel, visit the New England states, 
run the Saturday in in uh, in New Hampshire and then and then fly home on the Sunday kind of thing. Gotcha. Uh, that's as close as I've done. I've done a couple two weeks apart, maybe mm-hmm. three or three or four two weeks apart, but never never back to back. The the most I've ever done back to back is I did the I did the Goofy Challenge okay. in in Walt Disney World in um, in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was as close as I did. And get back to back. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, wow, I, there, there's, there's, like I said, it's, it's a, it's a big goal of mine, and I think I'm, I'm eight states deep at this point. I, cool. I, st- I started it, and then, uh, then we had a baby, so that kind of put things yeah. on, on pause yeah. for a bit as far as training and, and traveling, of course. And, and now we're kind of getting back, back into the groove a bit. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, one, one of these questions that I almost always have to ask somebody who's done a lot of traveling and, and racing, and um, it, it's, it's, I know it's not the greatest question. It's kind of one of those like, like probably get it a th- uh, you know every time you talk to somebody and it's, it's probably a tough one to answer but um, were, were there any places that you went US or Canada that uh, that you didn't expect much and you were pleasantly surprised by wh- whatever it was by the race by the scenery by the the surrounding area um, were, were there any of those that, that uh, you encountered along the way yeah uh, many um, two, yeah many um, so my favorite race, which is what I get asked a lot, uh, is, is actually Brookings, South Dakota. Mm-hmm. And um, but it's uh, you know I talked about earlier. We, st- we started this conversation talking for me a little bit about the social aspects of running and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, and and Brookings is 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 one of those where the race it's you know, I mean the race itself it's a small town like Brookings is a small town about maybe twelve thousand people. Mm-hmm. When South Dakota State University is in town. And maybe three thousand kids <laughs> right, are gone, right? right? Like so, it's a university town. Um, uh, dot on a state road map, uh, almost quite literally. You need to click on I twenty nine and drag it out of the way uh, in order to see where uh, you know where Brookings is in uh, you know in, in South Dakota. But I, but just a really um, a great race. They call it the the tagline for the race is small town running at its finest. And I, I believe that uh, because for me it was two things. First of all, I went with my dad, um, so we did we did a road Brookings, South Dakota is one of those five four states that I could actually drive to uh, an eight hour road trip with my father. Um, great great time, and my dad is the best race crew you could ever have. Um, he actually came with me. He and my mother came with me to to uh, Queen City last weekend. Um, because I just enjoy having them on the race. Uh, Dad is always there with water or gel or just mm-hmm. to say, you know, how's it going and whatnot. So I had this great, great drive down there, um, had really good companionship, get to the race. And you mentioned back-to-backs. Well, Brookings is a possibility for a back-to-back. Um, it's, run on, um, it's run on the Saturday, I think, and the Sunday there's a race in Iowa. Mm-hmm. So it, it also attracts a really... Like for a small race, I think 105 finishers in the full marathon. So it's a very small race. Um, I finished 35th, which also should tell you sort of how small <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, um, you know, for for a small race, it attracts a fairly elite group, and I think the community sort of knows that because right away at the at the pasta pick pickup thing, right the Friday the mm-hmm. Friday evening before the race. Um, like the volunteers are are just dynamic and great, and and they're joking with the runners. So I go up. I, I mentioned you know like small race, right? I go up to pick up my packet and my race number and the kit and whatnot, 
and the, she says, you know, what's your name? And so I said, it's, you know, it's Derek Butang. And so the volunteer starts flipping through numbers, and she comes to number nine. And she looks up at me, and she says, ooh, you're going to be really fast out there. <laughs> and I said, uh, I don't think so. I think you got the wrong... <laughs> the wrong identity and so she looks at me and deadpan she says no 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 no. we assign the numbers in the order we expect you to finish and so i'm i'm like oh, okay there's a mistake <laughs> how do i change my registry i need to talk to the race director and whatnot and of course she's totally putting me on mm-hmm. because it's they've done it alphabetically Alphabetical, and I'm, right. I'm you know i'm the the because it's a B on my last name, I'm I'm early on, right? Mm-hmm. But she's like totally dead, man. She is like riding me from the whole thing. So of course she has a great laugh. I have a great laugh once I sort of cotton on. And sitting at the Pasta Fest afterwards, you're you're in the midst of these other fifty staters and people who are doing doubles and and whatnot, and the volunteers and everybody. So it's just this really great environment. Um, get to the race race day, and it's uh, early May race, so it's a little coolish and and whatnot, and. Brookings being small town running at its finest, they like city of 12,000 people, they run the entire 26 miles of the marathon all within the city limits. Wow. So it's not a race for Kenyans. It's it's quite literally, you go up a block, you go over a block, you mm-hmm. come back a block, you go over a block, you go three blocks, you know, like there's right. lots of the interny and, and whatnot. So if you wanted to just put your head down and fly, it's a little, it's a little harder. But the neat thing about that is that the people that come out to watch the race, they sort of sit on their front lawn with a lawn chair, they watch you go by, they pick up their lawn chair, they go across the street, and they get you on the the next way by. Then they pick up, they go down to the end of the street, and they see you a third time. And then they go over and you see them a fourth time. So you actually establish this banter and rapport with the, the people that are running there. Even to the point of, uh, like I said, it was a uh, early May, so it was a little bit cool. So I start with a you know a light running jacket on, and you know back you know, by four miles, it's it's hot enough that you've mm-hmm. stripped this off and you're wearing it around your race, right? So I, I keep I keep running by, and, and one of the, the spectators says, "Hey, number nine, I'm going to be at the finish line afterwards. You want me to take your jacket?" Wow. So I was thinking like what do I got to lose? It's a, it's an old running jacket. You know, if I never see it again, that's fine. But it, by then it was just annoying me so mm-hmm. much. I just tossed it at the ground at the feet. And sure enough, I saw that person two or three times, uh, on the rest of the race. And each time she said, Hey nine, I still got your jacket. I'm still going to be at the finish line. And sure enough, it was there wow. at the finish line. So, I mean, those are the kinds of things that you talked about things that you don't expect. That's one of them. Mm-hmm. One last story about Brookings, just so why it sticks in my mind so much. I mentioned already how it's twisty turning, right? So you're running this little last piece, you run along a golf course and then kind of down a back lane and through a little alley and you break out onto the back end of a school, like maybe the local high school or something, middle school and whatnot. And there are cones that you need to follow across the school grounds, like the the playground. (laughs) And the cones go right up over top of uh, like probably at one point they put a basement or something under the school and so they dug a big hole mm. and didn't have anything to do with the dirt so they mounted it up in front with grass <laughs> on it and called it a, like a, a play feature for the kids right mm-hmm. well the cones for the race go right up over top of this hill there's a volunteer standing at the top at the front of the hill and there's a volunteer standing at the back of the hill to make sure that all the runners on the race course go up over top of the hill and then go down 
So it's like at 23 miles. <laughs> of course it is. Why would, why would it not be at mile three when it could be at mile yeah. 23? So, and I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's not big. It's like maybe right. 10 feet tall. So it's four steps up the hill or kind of thing. But as I'm running by, it's like, I look at the volunteer and it's like, what the hell? <laughs> and the volunteer says, well, you know, this is South Dakota. We couldn't have you thinking that it was just flat. Yeah, this, this is the only hill in South Dakota. So you have to run on it. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, so just those kinds of things uh, really stick out in my mind. Yeah, that that sounds like like my kind of race, and definitely sounds like a, a spectator friendly race too. If you're bringing if you're bringing a, a a partner or a friend or somebody that's that's not running but wants to cheer you on, they're going to get to see you about as much as they want to. It sounds like that's uh, absolutely yeah. Yeah, great, 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 uh, great, great small town race. That's like I said, that's that's right up my uh, my alley. And I feel like um, I could probably keep uh, picking your brain about different races. And, and uh, sounds like you've got some plenty of stories to share. Uh, but it's yeah. at some point, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to be able to go through through all of them. So uh, fast forward to, to you finished it up a couple of years ago. If uh, the the news article that I saw was was correct, the last one was in uh, West Virginia to, to stamp off all of the, the provinces, the territories, the states, DC, the, the whole nine. Um, what, what is, what has been running like since then? You know, I mean, that's, that's a big goal. It's one of those mm-hmm. big type of things that, that is out there for years and you're chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And, and now all of a sudden, uh, a couple of years ago, it's, it's done. Uh, yeah. what, what was, what, what, I mean, I know you've kept going cause you said that the numbers and, and, you know, you've yeah. kept running, but, uh, what, what was, what was it like when you had crossed all those states and provinces and territories off the list and, and, and motivation change or how did running change at that point? Yeah. So I, I honestly, I spent a year almost, um, where I, I didn't do a lot. Um, honestly, the last, the, the first 15 of the 50 states were really exciting and new and, and, you know, and, and whatnot by the last 10, it really felt like I was checking off the list. So, and, and also there's other stuff going on in my life where it was a bit of a slog. Um, so the, the last 10 were a little harder. So when I had, you know, sort of all of a sudden the monkey of completing the list by the time that I was 45, when, when that was sort of off, I I had a bit of a lull actually. Um, and so I didn't, didn't run much, uh, for that first year in like 2016. Um, and I talked earlier about you, 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 you can't get out the marathon. Well, you, you, you can, if you've done 80 or (laughs) 75, you've done enough of them. Yeah. Because usually what's happened is you've walked enough of them that you sort of know what that experience is like, and you know that you'll sort of get finished. So like I said, I, I, it took a little bit of a lull and, um, (laughs) in late July of 2016, I had been, so I finished October, 2015. I, that would be what, like three months in late July. So like 10 months later or nine months later, uh, had, had sort of not done a whole lot of running and finally decided that I needed to, to do something. Cause I was again, putting the weight back on and, and just feeling generally miserable about myself and all of that kind of stuff. So I went for a run back to the running room uh, on the, one of these Sunday morning runs. And, uh, you know, we'll do 11 miles. There's a pretty standard route, 11 miles. We call it to the forks and back. Um, and uh, start out with a group, start out, you know, uh, in those ever optimistic days where I haven't been training for five months, but I'll run with the old group that I used to run with, right? And they've been training continuously through. So they draw me like a hot potato, uh, sort of about eight miles in as we were on the way back to the store. 
and I'm so I'm I'm sort of run a little bit, walk a little bit, run a little bit, walk a lot, <laughs> and uh, a group of other people come by, and and one of the people in that group is on me right away. It's like, haven't seen you out, Derek. You got to come with us to Wild Hog, which is a racing Grand Forks, North Dakota, which is about a two-hour drive from here, in the end of uh, September. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. whatever. <laughs> But they got me going enough that I could sort of keep running, and I, I finished the run with them. And by the by the end of that run, so in, in three miles, uh, they had managed to convince me to run the Wild Hog <laughs> in in September. So I started to sort of retrain for that. Did an abbreviated training. Uh, had not the the greatest race, but I got Wild Hog finished as my first marathon after having completed the 50 states. And that was actually the first run that I actually marathon that I completed wearing my 50 states gear because mm -hmm. you, you can buy finishers gear mm -hmm. um, after. And so the number of people that were like attaboy or way to go on that that run because I had done that was sort of impressive. So I that sort of got me back a little bit into the running community again after a while. And then leading into 20, so that was like late 2016, leading into 2017, I got a call actually from, we talked about Jen uh, earlier, I, I can't let this running experience go by without talking about her mom, Lorraine Walton, mm -hmm. who is also the manager now of the running room store where I was frequenting. Um, she she and I had, had known each other for a long time. She actually was on that trip to Vegas that I talked about mm -hmm. in, way back in 2003. Um, um, and so I had known her as a running person, not only as I had actually had never known her as Jen mom. I always knew her as a running person and, 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 <laughs> and then came to know that I put two and two together. But she phoned me in early 2017 and said, um, uh, we have a group that's training for the Manitoba Marathon in 2017. And um, it's a, a fairly big clinic and the clinic leader is doing a, a great job with the people that he can get to, but we have a group of people at dead last, the, the back of the pack, um, and they could really use an experienced group leader. Can you come out and can you uh, help group lead for them? And so I said, well, sure, whatever, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll do that. And I, I, you probably don't know Lorraine, but Lorraine is a, a very persuasive person. So in the very next breath, she said, and oh, by the way, I need a pace bunny for <laughs> the Manitoba Marathon. How would you like to come and pace for 30? And so easy to say yes to one thing. So I said yes to the second thing as well, not realizing that um, what that would have me doing is spending all summer training with this group at a very slow pace, like mm -hmm. five hour ish. But then on leading up to the race on race day, I would be pacing for 30, so I wouldn't get a chance to run with them. Um, and so I got back into this running community and, and whatnot, uh, but then ended up having to abandon, so uh, having to abandon that group as we got to Manitoba. So I talked about the first set of friends that I've, I've, I ran with, sort of, and it's still run with nowadays. Well, mm -hmm. I, I came to know a second group of great friends. Um, uh, and so I can't also let this go by without uh, mentioning the girls, um, <laughs> because we became known as Derek and the girls, <laughs> particularly because in that first, because it was all, it was all women mm -hmm. in that, in that group. But 
um, uh, we became very close over running together that that while. But also for a moment at one of the clinics when sort of the the clinic leader was introducing me because I was new. I joined the clinic midstream, and uh, um, he said something like, "I'd like to introduce Derek, and he's going to pick up the 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 group that's going to finish last or something." Mm. Um, and he didn't. He's a great guy. He didn't mean it to be derogatory. Right. Or, or any of that kind of, or have any of those kind of connotations. But I piped up at that time and I said, no, we're not going to finish last. We just love being outdoors. We're the nature lovers. Mm. And so we became known as, as the nature lovers group. And we, we call ourselves that uh, ever since then. And so the girls actually, so it was the nature lovers, Derek and the girls, they, they are more social. We talked about social media. They're more media, social media savvy mm-hmm. than I am. So they created this hashtag, hashtag Derek and the girls. And um, that's how we sort of uh, ran together. And it, it at the end, just the, the day before the marathon, as we were going to split, they actually presented me with a T-shirt. And what's great about the, the T-shirt is they got also matching T-shirts, but not. So they got... Uh, gray t-shirts with this hashtag Derek and the girls and, and whatnot and they got me a black t-shirt because I'm the only boy in the group and so it's very special so I trained with them for the Manitoba but I didn't actually run the race with them so they right away the, I don't know if it was the day of finishing their first one but that was their first time for all of them but in the not too distant future after that they were on me again it's like you didn't run with us so you now got to come mm-hmm. run the race with us and so we ended up doing uh, training with them over the summer in 2017 running Victoria together um, and then we trained all summer this year and we ran uh, Manitoba Queen City Manitoba together as well so for me after running it's, you know we started with the social piece it, it comes back to the social piece um, there's nothing that you can't tell anybody on an 18 mile run right. um, that that uh, you know it, so it's just it's just good people and so that's why I run and that's why I run long yeah, I, I I totally agree, and, and uh, what what a what a great opportunity to like you said to, to get to know people, have some great friends, and, and keep that that peer group, and, and change the peer group, but still keep the peer group and, mm-hmm. and keep that all going. Um, as as we're wrapping up here now, Derek, uh, the way I, I like to normally uh, end the call is with what, what I call a philosophical question, but I'm going to veer just a little bit off of uh, philosophy and maybe a little bit more uh, uh, kind of a tactical. Uh, type of, of closing question today. Uh, it's, it's just kind of similar to the to the introductory question in that it's, it's very open-ended. You can take it and go with it whichever way seems seems best for you. But, um, you know, whether, whether folks are, are aiming for a goal such as a 50 states or, or whatever, some type of, of, of big, massive, lots of travel goal, or just, you know, a lot of folks, there's a destination race at some point in their, in their running, running life, whether it's like you getting out of the winter to come to, to the South to run a, a race, or whether it's like me going the other direction in, in the summertime to, to try to get out of the heat a little bit. But uh, I would just be, be curious as, as we're wrapping up today, um, what is maybe your top one or two tips for people that, that are traveling for a race? Obviously, you've done a bunch of it. Uh, you, you probably know a few things that those of us that maybe haven't done as much traveling uh, could hopefully learn from your example. So uh, uh, as a way to put a bow on this thing today, what's what's one or two really good travel tips for somebody who's, who's going to travel to a destination race, whatever the distance might be, to really make that whole travel running process run as smoothly as possible? Uh, sure. Uh, so first thing to, to think about when you're, you're traveling is you're going to be in a foreign environment, um, probably in a hotel room or, or whatnot. So you're going to be out of your out of your normal environment. So what I like to do is 
um, to try and, and handle the things that I can handle and manage the things that I, that I can manage to sort of reduce the, the craziness of that whole experience. So I have a very distinct routine that I go into the night before the race. Um, I, I lay out my shoes, I put my race bib together and, and whatnot. And I, I do all of that so that first thing in the morning I don't miss anything. Or, or forget about anything. So if you can, that's something you can practice at home, right? So if you just take that routine and you transplant it into your hotel room, then that will help limit the craziness of the morning. Um, I also like to try and arrive the day before the race if I if I can, um, and and plan out things like how am I getting to the race, what's parking going to be like, and and whatnot. So I practice all of that stuff to the extent that I can the day before so that it's again not so crazy race day um another tip for just you know being successful on race day because you are in a foreign environment you're typically going to have uh probably not or, or or harder time getting breakfast and things like that in the morning so what i like to do there i, I don't think there's a, a hotel room in the world that doesn't have uh, an electric coffee maker so for me, my go-to race food for breakfast in the morning is um, is instant oatmeal, because you can make it you can make it anywhere. Uh, all you just run coffee through the coffee maker. It's kind of it's kind of mucky and and whatnot because you end up eating with a spoon out of uh, out of the coffee pot itself. But at least <laughs> um, you know, so it's not elegant or anything. But it's it's filling. It's nutritious. It, it gets you by. It's again, it's something you can bring with you because uh, as long as you are clear about declaring it at the border that it is it is food that you're transporting across the border or, or whatnot um so you know don't 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 forget about that when you're talking to customs because they'll pull you aside and uh <laughs> search you for that been there done that <laughs> um but it's something that you can you can eat and it's you know it'll be comfortable and you'll know what it you know what it is uh I, ideally if you can if you're traveling someplace like for you coming north or for me going south it's always better to have a few days to acclimate but uh, um, to get used to the temperature and, and whatnot, but also understand, um, you know, sometimes budgets are, uh, are are not what they are either. So not everybody can go and spend a month working, you know, running at elevation right. to, to go and and uh, run a race in Jackson Hole, for example, or another place like that. So. Gotcha, gotcha. That's good stuff, and and, and uh, definitely the types of things that uh, I love to hear because I think they're they're easy things to overlook. Mm-hmm. But uh, from from experience, and it sounds like at least a couple of them, you kind of learn those lessons the hard way. And, and go, oh yeah, don't forget about declaring stuff, and don't forget about you know keeping things as routine as possible. So I think that's those are, are great bits of advice that uh, I'll be certainly uh, putting into place, and I'm sure others will as well. So thank you for those. Uh, and once again, guys, if you want uh, the show notes. Uh, for today's episode, disruns.com slash 629. Not a lot of social media and website presence for Derek, but uh, you, can, you can check out the show notes, photos, uh, and we'll certainly have those uh, tips there as well. So if you need a refresher on some travel uh, suggestions down the road, disruns.com slash 629 will get you there. Uh, Derek, thank you uh, so much for, for taking the time today. Uh, definitely appreciate it. Definitely, uh, like I said, there, I feel like we just barely barely scratched the surface of, the, of some of the stories. So uh, I, don't, I don't know what the future holds, but maybe maybe just maybe uh, Jen will convince us both to do, do this again at some point. It probably won't take much convincing on my end, but uh, certainly appreciate you sharing your stories and, and certainly wish you also nothing but the best going forward with, with running and everything else. Uh, keep on keeping on, and, and thanks so much for the time today. Thank you. Very much appreciate it.
All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's show. Hope that you enjoyed the conversation between Derek and myself. And as always, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from this episode. What was something that we talked about today that resonated at just a little bit higher frequency for you or stood out or made you stop and think or made you rewind and listen to it again? What was that uh, that moment today or that that lasting memory of today's conversation? For me, it came back to kind of towards the beginning of the episode when Derek was talking about how he got started into running and and uh, talked about how some friends talked him into it or suckered him into it or it was that, that peer pressure role that got him involved in the sport. And rightly so, peer pressure gets, uh, you know, is, is, is often viewed in a, in a poor light. But, uh, you know, I, I think that, that it's worth remembering, or at least, you know, the reason it stood out to me was, was the idea that, you know, sometimes, sometimes peer pressure can, can be a force for good. Um, and, you know, when it comes to, to our sport, when it comes to, to running and being healthier, uh, and things like that, you know, if you can, if you can give your, some of your friends that, that maybe, you know, aren't very active, that, that aren't as healthy as they could be, maybe family members, whatever the case might be, if you can give them the, the old nudge to get them out the door and, and to join you for a run once in a while, um, you never know what that might lead to. You never know how that, that one little pebble might start an avalanche and end up with somebody like Derek, who has, has you know, in, in just a, a handful of years, knocked out all the states, all the provinces, all the territories, D.C., and is, you know, continuing on with this newfound passion for for running that you know not too long ago wasn't part of his life so you know it's, it's just it's just that little reminder for me and, and maybe it is for you as well that you know peer pressure can be a good thing peer pressure can be a good thing when it's when it's given in love when it's given in respect and kindness and and you know when, when you're nudging somebody towards doing something that's that's good for their health or good for their mental capacities or whatever it might be maybe running cross you know checks all of those boxes off but you know the peer pressure is, is real. And while a lot of times we, we think about it in a, in a bad light, there are certainly cases of, of positive peer pressure as well. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe that's something that you can do for somebody that you care about is be that, be that force for good and, uh, nudge somebody in the right direction, whether it's running or something else, you know, related to just being, being more active and being healthy. Uh, at least that's, that's what I'm gonna try to do. And that's what I'm going to take away from this episode is that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe just maybe, I can I can do a little bit more nudging to people that maybe aren't part of the running community yet and see if see if we can't get a few few more folks to join us because I feel like there's always room in the running community for another runner. So that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you again from this episode? Let me know. Shoot me a tweet at Dizruns. Shoot me an email, Dizruns at gmail.com. And of course, you can head over to the show notes for this episode and leave your thoughts and feedbacks and takeaways there as well. Once again, the link is Dizruns.com slash 629. And uh, let me know what you think. Let me know what you thought of this episode and what your takeaway was. Uh, and uh, with that, we'll go ahead and, and wrap this thing up. Don't forget, if you want to get on the email list, and I know that's, that's what a terrible way to try to sell it, right? Like I said in the intro, nobody wants to be on another email list. So why, why would I sell it like that uh, when I could try to be sneaky and sleazy and a little bit smarmy of a marketer and be like, hey, why don't you sign up for uh, this, this giveaway, which I've done that before too. And I don't think it's that sleazy. It's I'm pretty transparent about what's going on. But uh, if you're not part of the, the, you know, if you're not getting the emails on a regular basis yet, go ahead and check that out. Uh, if it's if it's of interest to you, and again, if not, you can you can unsubscribe at any moment. Uh, the the link is in every email to, near the bottom. You click it. I think it's one or two steps, and bada boom, you're you're completely removed from getting any and all emails in the future. And uh, hopefully, you'll you'll find that maybe they're worth actually reading. That's that's the goal. So check it out. Disruns.com right there on the homepage. 
uh, and dizruns.com slash giveaway. Two options to get into the giveaway, which will also get you on the list. But there's other other ways to get in the uh, into the list as well. And more to come, more to come. So hopefully uh, you'll find it useful and find it valuable. Lord knows I put a, a, a decent chunk of time into it, into writing those emails each week. So hopefully you'll find that they're worth reading. But uh, anyway, enough about that. If you're interested, great. If not, no worries. Keep listening to the show. Keep listening to the podcast. And, uh, you know, that's that's fine too. And hopefully we can, we can continue to help you and motivate you through the spoken word. Uh, and, and even if you had never read any of the written words that I put out there as well. But anyway, enough about that. Let's shut this thing down. Thank you guys for listening. As always, hope you enjoyed this one. Hope it uh, was, was worth your time. I think it was. I think it was a great chat today. Hope you think so as well. But uh, until next time, please be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening and sharing the show and all that you do to, to support me and, and things we've got going on. Uh, and, and I look for more ways to continue to give back to you guys as well. Uh, but until next time, take care and uh, see you guys.